Hello, welcome to the third episode in the Sam and Rhiannon special. Uh, we're going to need a sniff filter today because we're both sniffing a bit. But you can't catch anything through podcasts, so that's good. Um, okay, so today's podcast, continuing in the embryology malarkey, is looking at the first 18 days of the development of the embryo. Uh, so this is from straight after fertilisation. We're not going to look yeah, at fertilisation, f- are we? Yeah, we're going to leave that one for other people. That's a completely different story. Uh, we go from, from that point, from once the uh, the ovum has become fertilised by the, the spermatozoan. Uh, and then we'll cruise through to 18 days, which is gastrulation. Yeah, we'll work through each week, week by week, until we get to, like I say, we'll do, do gastrulation, which is the major event of the third week. And then we'll stop at the end of the third week which is pretty much 21 days, uh, at which point, what, the next major process that's about to start there is neurulation. Yes. We won't go into neurulation. That will probably be the last podcast that we do. Um, You'll have to hold that thought, I'm afraid. Yeah, uh, well, three weeks in 30 minutes is enough. Uh, we've been listening to another podcast by Scott Ziegler. Net. Yeah, go to scottziggler.net. Uh, he's, he's, he's an author, and he not only writes his novels in his spare time, but he then converts them into podcasts, so he reads them out, and they're very violent. He does voices and everything. He does, unlike us. And he's very sci-fi, which is ace, but his... I don't know which, which novel it is, whether it's his most recent one or it's more recent. Which What was the first one we listened to? Um, Earthcore. Earthcore. Earthcore, yes. And the one we're listening to at the moment is Ancestor. And in uh, you should listen to Ancestor for a bit of a sci-fi slant on what we're talking about today, because it's... Uh, what are they trying to do? They're trying to... Uh, I think they're trying to grow organs. I think they're trying to grow That's organs. right, they're trying to create kind in of like cows a... cows or something. Yeah, a human-linked organ. Don't want to give it away. Organ development system which is kind of going to be another animal but they talk about fertilization the zygote the blastocyst and implantation all these uh, exciting over-the-top experiments about <laughs> you know how they can muck about with genetic code create a viable blastocyst and stuff like that so if after this lecture after this podcast you should go to scottziegler.net look for ancestor and straight in episode one he starts talking about the same structures that we're talking about today but in a real sci-fi off the wall kind of slant but same processes. Yeah, and if you haven't got time, sped up. Mm, and if you haven't got time to listen to the whole episode, um, it's actually the the stuff that we're interested in starts at minute twenty six and about thirty seconds in. Yeah, if you're lazy, but it, they are really really good novels. I mean, uh, if you're a sci fi fan, certainly, and Scott Sigler, he's just interesting to listen to. He's very very funny. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, yeah scottsigler dot net. Be warned, there might be lots and lots mm. of violence. <laughs> And but don't get distracted either from any revision and other things that you have to do. Well, you know, it's, it's good fun. Okay, should we kick off? Yeah. You can do a lot of this today then, Rhiannon. Why? Because you're feeling tired? No, because you just told me I've taught this four times already. Okay, yeah. well, I'm going to start off. So say we've had fertilisation has taken place, okay? We'll leave that. And uh, what fertilisation leaves us with is a zygote, okay? So we've got this um, diploid cell that's still within the zona pellucida, something to remember that. It's actually quite a large cell. Um, and then we have cleavage. And cleavage occurs, uh, it's mitotic divisions that take place, okay? And they're quite rapid. So from the original zygote cell, we get to the two-cell two stage, and then we go through um, a few divisions, and we what happens is the number of cells increase, but actually the size of the cells decreases because we've still got that zona pellucida, 
polluted around, so it can't actually um, get any bigger, okay? So, like the, a barrier. so the structure itself doesn't get any larger, but Correct. we get more cells in there. Correct. What's the zona pellucida? The zona pellucida surrounds the ovum before, and it's actually the barrier that the sperm has to fight its way through to get into to fertilize the egg. Okay? Sure. So we've we've got cleavage going on, um, and after actually three cell divisions, we've got um, eight cells, and what happens here is actually compaction. And that increases the cells' contact with each other, okay? So it's quite an important phase, and the cells, so they come compact, and they become closer and tighter together. Then we get another cell division, and we reach the morular stage. This sure. Is 16 cells. Yeah, and your point about compaction there is important and how tightly linked these cells are because at this stage it looks like a ball of cells but these cells are all communicating with each other. Yes. They've all got specific tasks that, you know, there's a lot of organisation already that we can't see. Yeah, and a lot of it's through gap junctions and things like that. Yeah. So continual communication going on within the cells. So when they get to this 16 cell stage, which happens at about day three, we call it a morula. Why do we call it a morula? God knows. The word comes from mulberry, so it looks like a bit of a raspberry, it looks like a mulberry. A blackberry, I always think. Blackberry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the ball of cells. Yeah, so that's where the words come from. Okay, so when we get to this stage, we've actually got um, insides and outsides, haven't we? Yeah. We've got an inner cell mass and an outer cell mass, but all the cells are still called blastomeres. That's important for you to know. Yes, every cell has a blastomere, but we said that there's, there was already some organisation and we probably still can't see it, could we? If we were to cut the moral open, each cell would still look the same, Yeah, that's it? right, yeah. But like you say, there are cell, inner cells and there are outer cells. Yeah, and the inner cell mass ends up being the tissues of the embryo, and it's called the embryoblast, conveniently. And the outer cell mass ends up being um, what will form the placenta, and that's called the trophoblast. So in the, last, in the last podcast, we talked about organisation and morphogenesis. These cells, like I say, they're already organised. They're going to become different structures, but you can't see it yet. No, so we've got now, um, we've gone from the morula um, to we're containing blastomeres, and they're, the cells within the morula have differentiated into these two cell masses. Um, and then the inner cells that we called the embryoblast end up, producing a, a lumen or a, a coelom. Yeah. And that's formed by fluid um, that the cells produce and it accumulates. And now we have um, a blaster seal. And this means that the whole ball of cells, still within the zona pellucida, remember that, is now called a blastocyst. So we've got a ball of cells with fluid in the middle. Correct. That cavity is called the blaster seal. Correct. The whole thing now is called the blastocyst. We've just changed its name because it we can see that it looks a bit different. And we've got some cells within it which are going to become the embryo and the cells on the outside, which if we were to look at the thing, those cells are going to become the, the placenta. Correct. One other thing to remember is that the embryoblast cells um, end up going to one end of the, um, the blastocyst. So we have a pole. So there's some polarity. So we're starting to see some yeah. morphogenesis, really. Yeah. We're starting to see some shape. Correct. Okay, so... Then, so that, that all happens at about, is it about day five, I think we're up to? Yeah, sure. Okay, so then um, our blastocyst has actually been travelling all the way along the fallopian tube, okay? So the, the, the fertilised egg has come all the way along the fallopian tube, and now it's come down, dropped down into the uterus, and we are ready for implantation. 
at implantation, the zona pellucida that's kept everything together is lost. Okay, They're the cells that are going to be become the placenta, so the trophoblast cells, need to be able to come in, into contact with the uterine uh, lining. Okay, so we have to lose the zona pellucida. Um, and now remember, I, I mentioned that the embryoblast was at one pole. Well, the pole is normally the um, the side of the blastocyst that becomes implanted into the uterine lining. So it dives into into the uterus, into the uterine epithelium, kind of embryo side first. Yeah, that's right. And that happens. It starts to happen at about day six. Yeah, so we're getting towards the end of the first week already. So it's taken almost a week. I mean, depending upon where fertilization has occurred, because it could occur at any point along the fallopian tube, for example, but it takes pretty much a week then for that, that structure to pass down the fallopian tube and to reach the uterus. And all that time, it's changing, it's, it's, uh, it's developing. Yeah, that's exactly right. So at the end of the first week then, the really important thing that happens is that the cells of the trophoblast meet the cells of the uterine epithelium. And what happens then? We get implantation. Is that where you're going? Yeah, sure. So we get the decidual reaction. Ah, decidualization. Yes, excellent. The decidua is what the lining of the uterus is called. And uh, there's a process called decidualization, which is what has to happen to the uterine lining to enable the trophoblast cells to invade or to penetrate it. Okay, there's a lot of um, molecules that are sort of involved in this but we're not going to go into it i think no sure uh yeah so this is important because uh the the uh the blastocyst is going to implant into the uterine wall so it's going to become connected to the mother to the mother's uterus but also we're going to see the start of the formation of the placenta is that my phone ringing yeah you're going to get it no okay um so we'll all ignore that so we've had decidualization, and then what happens? So now are we getting up to the stage where we're in week two? Yeah. So this is the start of the second week. Okay. Well, what happens in this week if we if we remember that we have um, an embryoblast and a trophoblast? We'll just concentrate on the trophoblast. That that's going to become the placenta. And what happens to this layer of cells? They become two layers of cells. On the outside, you get the syncytiotrophoblast. And on the inside, you get the cytotrophoblast, okay? It's just how we name the cells. <laughs> okay, so they're going to go on to develop. Um, the... Well, can we just mention oh, syncytiotrophoblast? Because we're getting into some quite long words now. So how do we get the word syncytiotrophoblast? Well, trophoblast, we've already talked about. Those are the cells on the outer wall of the blastocyst. Uh, syncytium, well, a, a syncytium is where you have a group of cells which were separate cells, their cell wall then starts to break down. So they start to become almost one big cell, but it's multinuclear. It's got lots of nuclei in there. So that's a syncytium. So a syncytiotrophoblast then, that's those trophoblast cells undergoing that process. The cells of the trophoblast, which are passing into the uterine epithelium, lose their cell wall and start to become one big cell mass, syncytiotrophoblast. The cells of the trophoblast that don't do that remain cell-like. They, they then, we call them the cytotrophoblast cells. Excellent description. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right. So where are we going now? Well, should we talk about what happens to the, the embryo blast? So yeah. the cells that are going to become the embryo exactly the same stage? Okay, so this is happening simultaneously. So as the trophoblast is differentiating into the two layers, the embryo blast is also differentiating. Um, conveniently, also into two layers. One is called the epiblast 
and one is called the hyperblast. And why are they called different things? Uh. <laughs> hypo yeah. below, epi above. Yeah, that's like epi blast, hypo blast. Okay, so those two layers of cells are also going to differentiate further. But what we have now is a bilaminar embryonic disc. Okay, so we've got the epiblast and the hyperblast. So those two layers form this bilaminar embryonic disc. So these are the, still the cells. These are the, the only cells that are actually going to form the embryo proper. All of the other cells we've been talking about are going to form the supporting structures. Yeah. And uh, depending on which textbook you read, it's probably the cells of the epiblast, really, which are actually going to form the structures of the embryo itself. Cells of the hyperblast likely get displaced. We'll talk about that later, though. Uh, so the other key structure that forms in that week, then, because in the second week we start to really not just get implantation of the blastocyst into the uterine wall, but we also start to get cavities forming. One cavity is fairly common to most people is the, is the amniotic cavity. And the amniotic cavity starts to form within the second week. Uh, so uh, these are there are some some more differentiation going on from the cells kind of at that at the uh, embryo blast end of the of the blaster seal. Cells start to differentiate and become uh, amnioblasts. The amnioblasts secrete amniotic fluid and create the cavity. Yeah, form a bit of a space. So we start to get the amniotic the amniotic cavity, which we know later in gestation is going to completely surround the developing fetus. Excellent. So can I just say, at this point of development, we've got the amniotic cavity and we've still got the blastocele. Yes, because the blastocele is going to become other things. Yes. Okay, so our blastocele, like I mentioned before, what actually happens now in this area is that cells from the hyperblast, remember that layer of cells, cells from the hyperblast, form a membrane it's called the exosolomic membrane okay and this is actually lining the blastocele cavity and now this cavity lined with the this exosolomic membrane is called the exosolomic cavity which does is get, going to form what it does get a bit complicated yeah. isn't it? it gets a bit messy but essentially this cavity that's forming is going to become the yolk sac and that changes its name as well so <laughs> we go exosolomic cavity we go primitive yolk sac and then secondary yolk sac or definitive yolk sac and essentially it's all the same space but we keep changing its name because that's what we like to do have an image in front of you when we're looking at this I think is the best way yeah it's good to refer to the textbooks uh, I think uh, the easy way to describe it is if we have a ball of cells a blastocyst uh, with the embryo cells on one end then on at the embryo end, we get a new space, which is the, the amniotic cavity. And in the blastocele space, the other space, the other side of the, the cells of the embryo, we start to get the development of the yolk sac, basically. Yeah, and also during this whole stage, the, um, the ball of cells that's developing is becoming more and more um, implanted into the lining of the uterine yep. wall as it's well. it's getting deeper and deeper. So they're happening simultaneously. And the developing placenta, <coughs> the developing placenta, the... Uh, Syncytiotrophoblast and what have you, that's getting bigger and bigger yes. and invading more and more of the uterine epithelium. It can get bigger because the cytotrophoblast cells are actually continually dividing and adding to the syncytiotrophoblast. Yes. Yeah, and it's getting deeper and deeper into the, into the stroma. Excellent. So then, going back now to the development of the placenta... We're reaching the um, syncytiotrophoblast cells. And actually, these cells collectively are called, uh, well, and the area that they occupy are collectively called the syncytium. Yeah. 
Okay, so what happens now in this multinucleate um, mesh of cells is we start to get vacuoles appearing. And these vacuoles end up merging and become larger and larger and end up being called lacunae. So this stage of development is called the lacuna stage. And why are these vacuoles and lacuna important, Samuel? Because they're going to merge with the maternal sinusoids so the blood vessels from the mother within the uterine stroma and their blood the mother's blood is then going to leak into the vacuoles and we're going to get the we're going to form the maternal part of the placenta yes we are establishing the uteroplacental circulation i always like um in some of the textbooks it says that um when they break down the endothelial um lining of the maternal um capillaries the vacuoles and lacunae become flooded with maternal blood. Flooded, yes. And you often hear the term the reservoir of maternal blood into which the, uh, into which the, I don't want to talk in too much detail, but in which the, uh, the uh, embryonic, the fetal parts of the circulation extend into. Sounds all a little bit Scott Sigler for me. So we're really starting to see the, the formation of the utero-placental circulation. Uh, remember that up till this point, uh, the structure as a whole has been getting bigger and bigger. But the, the cells that are going to form the embryo, the bit that was the embryoblast and is now the epiblast and the hyperblast, it really hasn't gotten any bigger. Still it's, very small. Yeah, it's what, two or three millimetres across? It's absolutely tiny. So the cells there are supported by the structures of a blastocyst. There's no external support from the mother yet. And as the tissue gets bigger, it's going to need support from the maternal circulation so that's going to form later but this is the start of it and by now by the end of the second week the uh the blastocyst is completely implanted completely embedded within the stroma and behind the uh the uterine epithelium the epithelium closes back over it with a bit of a fibrin coagulum so a little bit of a clot that kind of forms over the over the, the surface uh and the whole thing becomes completely embedded within the uterine stroma actually there are, there are a couple of important points then at the end of the second week, which is what we're getting towards. One, uh, as the blastocyst becomes completely embedded within the uterus and the uterus surface closes over it, there can be that blood clot can fall away and there can be a little bit of a bleed. So there's a clot, you know, some of the blood vessels might be involved. So a woman can experience a, a small bleed, usually, sometimes, uh, a couple of weeks after fertilization. Now let's think about this. Fertilization occurs a couple of weeks after the last menstrual period. And then this bleed, this fibrin coagulum, could form a couple of weeks after fertilization. So that makes it four weeks after the date of the last menstrual period. Ah, so this means that a woman could experience a bleed at the date she's expecting menstrual period right so that'll be a lead to a bit of confusion yeah so this can cause problems with dating which is why it's important sometimes to you know why it's important to have a dating scan and really get an idea of how big uh, how big the embryo or the fetus is as kim and i found out with baby number two yes you were a month wrong. yeah well we went for the 12 week scan and the baby was 16 weeks <laughs> which is nice you know, don't have to wait so long but, <laughs> but that's probably the reasoning behind it you see uh now, the other point is, is about human chorionic gonadotropin. Now, what's human chorionic gonadotropin used for clinically at this stage? Pregnancy test? Pregnancy test. Hey. Uh, so, 
as a detector of pregnancy, either in the pregnancy kits you buy from Boots or if you go to your doctor and have a, a proper full-on HCG test, uh, HCG, human chorionic gonadotropin, is made by the cells of the placenta. Two weeks after fertilization, those cells that are forming the placenta are starting to appear. So those cells are starting to make HCG. So only at this stage can you really detect a pregnancy by detecting HCG. Okay, yeah. so yeah. it's an important point, two weeks after fertilization. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, now, if we get back to the, to the developing embryo and its uh, extra embryonic structures, at this stage it is getting nicely complicated. Uh, so at this stage we've got complete implantation and two cavities. Yeah, we've got the amniotic cavity above the, the embryo and we've got the yolk sac beneath the embryo. Okay. Now, around all of that, we start to get another cavity forming. And there's a very good reason for this, honest. Hooray. <laughs> so uh, you get an extra embryonic coelom starts to form. So let's just say that a cavity starts to form all around these other two cavities and around the embryo. Uh, so that cavity is forming between those structures and the, the developing placenta, right? Okay. And that cavity starts off as lots of little cavities. And as usual, they all join up and you get a big cavity. Uh, and the embryo remains connected to the developing placental tissues by a stalk. And what's that stalk going to become? Umbilical cord. Exactly. So by this, this other cavity forming, we've separated all those structures of the embryo and some of those extra embryonic structures from the placenta with the development of this extra salomic cavity forming okay okay so now we've got fully embedded um with a developing placenta and three cavities so we've got the amniotic cavity above the bilamina disc and the yolk sac below it and then all of that is surrounded by what we're calling the chorionic cavity chorionic great word yeah pops up in embryology and all sorts of animals chorionic cavity and then the connecting stalk which will become the umbilical okay yeah so that's gonna that's going to hold the umbilical vessels and that sort of thing. Right. Well, that's, that's the end of week two. So we've done two weeks. Great. Which feels good. I like, I read somewhere that they call week two the week of two. So in week two, the trophoblast uh, divides into the syncytiotrophoblast and the cytotrophoblast. The embryoblast divides into the epiblast and the hyperblast. Um, then we get the two cavities forming, the embryonic yolk, um, embryonic cavity and the yolk cavity. And then right at the end, we get this whole chorionic cavity around the two. I like that. Yeah. I hadn't heard that before. I know, it's A good. week of twos. Yeah, that's good. That's got to help you remember it. Week three is simpler? Nah. Oh, I think it's simpler. <laughs> well, there's, there's one major, major event in week three, and it's a very important event. That's gastrulation. And gastrulation is it's when the embryo itself really starts to kick off development. Uh, and essentially in gastrulation, we go from two layers, epiblast and hyperblast, bi to three layers. Yeah, yeah. bilaminar disc to trilaminar disc. And it's those three germ layers that are going to go on and give rise to every cell in the fetus and the adult body. Uh, I know... It probably isn't really contentious anymore, but you might read this slightly differently in different textbooks. But uh, the epiblast is going to form th the three layers. It's going to form the ectoderm, the endoderm, and the mesoderm. And you may well have heard of ectoderm, endoderm, and mesoderm before. I wonder if Scott Sickler is going to 
get onto that in one of his later episodes of Ancestor. I've got that for you. I can tell you probably not. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the hyperblast is going to form the extra embryonic endoderm. And the, the clues in the word there. The hyperblast cells are going to form cells outside the embryo, extra embryonic cells. So it's the epiblast that's really going to form the three layers, ectoderm, endoderm, mesoderm. And ectoderm, endoderm and mesoderm are going to form all of the cells of the actual embryo, fetus, adult, etc. Okay? That's the process of gastrulation. Uh, gastrulation occurs. Again, this is a great example of organisation and morphogenesis. So uh, when we look at the epiblast, it looks like you know, what, a flat sheet of cells. It's, it's, it's not perfectly you know, circular. It's kind of oval in shape. So yeah, maybe it's got a head end, maybe it's got a tail end. You can't really tell which is which. The cells definitely know where they are. They know what's coming up. Uh, and that organisation is followed by morphogenesis where we start to see a primitive streak and a primitive node. And the primitive streak forms... It's a streak that forms right down the middle of the epiblast. And the streak is formed by cells on the surface of the epiblast migrating, passing to the middle of the of the, uh, the epiblast, diving down through the middle and uh, getting beneath this layer of cells they were currently in. So there's this, there's this streak that you can see. And the streak forms, it starts to form really at the tail end and maybe stretches towards the head end. So you can see a tail, you can see a head, and you can see a left and a right and a dorsal and a ventral. Am I right in thinking they're not 100% sure on how the cells know how to dive and when to dive and... Yeah, the signals and things like that. Sure, the signaling process is there. Maybe fairly complex. I think there's quite a bit of work going on mm. at that level. There are there are some. There's there's a good level of understanding, but it's it's certainly not finished. Right. Uh, so the primitive node node is kind of a circular end to the streak, which sits at the the uh, cephalic end, the head end. Uh, and we can really see that these cells are organised. They know what they've got to do. They know they've got to go from one layer of cells to three layers of cells. And as they migrate, they're going to differentiate. So once they become part of the ectoderm, endoderm or mesoderm, they are already down a line of differentiation. They've chosen a pathway. And it's not very easy for those cells to go backwards. Okay. Uh, another couple of points. Uh, they, so the epiblast is starting to form these three layers. At the mouth end, there's a buccopharyngeal membrane. And at the tail end, the anus end, there's a cloacal membrane. Oh, you said it before. I thought you were going to ask me which one was which. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and these are uh, tightly adherent ectoderm and endoderm cells. Yeah, they don't have a mesoderm. Do that's they? right. And that's going to be important when we look at the gut tube, which will be the next podcast, because these are going to form the mouth and the anus. Uh, so remember those exist. Buccopharyngeal membrane and cloacal membrane. Okay, so ectoderm, endoderm and mesoderm, what are they going to form, Rhiannon? The ectoderm, well, that ends up being the uh, epidermis and your central nervous system, your peripheral nervous system and also the retina in your eye. Yeah, which makes sense. Yep, the endoderm ends up being the epithelia of your respiratory tract and your gastrointestinal passages. Um, also, you have glandular cells that are associated with organs like your liver and your pancreas. So, all the stuff we're going to look at in the next podcast, the GI tract and its development, pretty much all of those cells come from the endoderm layer. And then kind of the externally cells, you know, like the skin, that's all ectoderm, plus the connective tissue, uh, the, sorry, the... Uh, central nervous system, peripheral nervous system, that's yeah. ectoderm. So ectoderm is kind of the outer layer, endoderm is kind of the inner layer, and everything in between is mesoderm. 
Yeah, and that makes all your connective tissues, so your... Which we um, love so much. Yeah, your bones, your cartilage, your tendons, your ligaments. Um, it also makes muscle and blood vessels, the heart, and also reproductive and excretory organs. All that stuff in between. Yeah. Big list. Massive okay, so ectoderm outside, endoderm inside, mesoderm in between the two. So it's really important that we were able to use the terms ectoderm, endoderm and mesoderm. It's really important in understanding much of embryology. And that's it, you see. I told you it's pretty straightforward, that third week. It's, You're right, it's, it's not too bad. Yeah, we've got these two layers. And we've got, uh, say, we've got the layer of epiblast cells. They dive down through the midline to form the primitive streak and they, they push away the hyperblast cells and they form three layers of cells, ectoderm, endoderm, mesoderm. Sorry, ectoderm, mesoderm, endoderm. <laughs> I shouldn't say it that way around. And that, that's gastrulation. And then that, pretty much in about uh, 16 days, towards the end of the third week, we start to get the formation of the notochord. I'm not going to talk about neurulation, but we'll, talk, we'll mention the notochord because it's occurring at the same time. And these are cells which are passing down into the primitive streak, remaining in the midline, in the middle of the embryo, uh, underneath the ectoderm, Kind of the same level of the, as the mesoderm. But these cells are already differ, differentiating. Uh, and they're going to be the cells of the notochord. And the notochord is a very important signaling centre. A source of signaling sources. Source, source of signaling sources. <laughs> a source of important signals which is going to control development of structures in the midline and in that region. So those pre-notochordal cells dive down through the through the primitive streak, they extend up towards the head uh, and they mix with the endoderm cells. Uh, they actually they, push the mesoderm out of the way. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to say that they're not actually so much part of the endoderm or part of the mesoderm or part of the ectoderm. They kind of push all the other cells away yeah. and eventually they detach from the endoderm and they form this really nice uh, tube. A tube, a of, solid cord, a solid cord of cells. That's right, the definitive notochord, and it is such an important structure. But like I say, you're probably going to have to wait until the end of the uh, podcast series to hear about it. Am I right? Sorry about that. Yeah, I think that's probably when we'll touch on it next. Okay, so that's the end of the third week. Uh, week three, then gastrulation, formation of those three germ layers, and uh, formation of the, the definitive notochord. That wasn't too bad, was it? That was not bad at all, actually. So, quite simply, should we just run through a little summary of what we've done? I think we just did, didn't we? Okay. No, go on, yeah, do a summary. Okay, well, we started with fertilisation, but we thought we'd just leave that for another thing. Then we had the zygote, which went under cleavage, which ended up making a morula. That was the 16-cell stage at day three. Then from there, we went on and formed the blastocyst, and that was the ball of cells with the blastocyst within it, so the lumen full of fluid. Then we had started to get implantation, so that was happening at about day six, and with implantation we had the trophoblast cells penetrating the uterine epithelia. Um, obviously the, the division of the trophoblast and the embryoblast into the two different layers I won't go into now. And then quite simply, we ended up with gastrulation. So the, bi, the bilaminar disc changed into the trilaminar disc. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Fish. Very Thank good. you. Are you Dr. Fish or Dr. DeReed, by the way? Oh, don't start that one. I don't know. <laughs> I'm published under Fish. That's the problem. So you're going to keep your professional name? Well, I don't know. My bank account's under DeReed, so that's more important. Hence the problem. Call me Rhiannon. Maybe we'll get a decision by the next podcast. I'll think about it. All right. Thanks again, Rhiannon. Thank you, Sam. Hopefully that's been useful to you a lot. Yeah, and if you've got any questions, you can contact us. Yes. Yeah.
Should we cut that bit out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.